That's the voice of uh, Nontlem Butuma, an activist in the Amatiba Crisis Committee all the way out in uh, the community of Amatiba in Kolobini on the wild coast of the Eastern Cape. And, uh, of course, uh, relaying there the difficulties that she has with intimidation and all manner of uh, people following her. And, uh, uh, of course, this uh, is also... Uh, the site of uh, a new report that uh, the Human Rights Watch released uh, earlier on today saying that many community activists like Nontle uh, who have opposed uh, mining projects uh, across South Africa are often harassed, threatened and sometimes killed. And uh, we know the story of Juan Pazuga Khatebe who was the chairperson of the Amatiba Crisis Committee who died a few years ago. And according to this report... um, which is titled, We Know Our Lives Are in Danger. Uh, There is a pervasive uh, environment of fear uh, in uh, many mining-affected communities, uh, with many uh, communities uh, trying to stand up, I guess, uh, to uh, the uh, policymakers and uh, some of the uh, mining companies uh, who are enabled by them. And uh, to talk more about this, I'm joined on the line by Robbie uh, Mukhalaka, who's a coal campaign manager at Groundwork, and uh, he was part of the research team for this particular report uh, that uh, we're taking a look at this evening. Robbie, good evening to you, and thank you so much for taking time out to speak. Uh, good evening, Ayanda, and good evening to all listeners. Robbie, let's let's maybe start off uh, here. If you can just give us some background and context here uh, to uh, uh, the work behind this report and why Human Rights Watch felt it important to shine a spotlight on uh, this uh, environment of harassment, uh, threats, and of course, uh, in, in many instances, murder of uh, some activists uh, in mining affected communities. Oh, thanks for the opportunity, Ayanda. Um, this is, uh, 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 we saw this as, as the need to focus on, um, with the Human Rights Watch, Center for Environmental Rights and Justice, and um, to focus, to make a research in those um, communities that are facing this violence, intimidation, and killings, um, which are actually increasing at an alarming rate. And um, so, and, and people now are unable to voice uh, uh, their concern in protection of, of, of their rights uh, in terms of Section 24 of the Constitution, which says that everyone has a right to the environment that is not harmful to their health and, and, and well-being. So it, it, we saw that as a need that we need to make this report and actually get the facts from the ground and, you know, escalate it and so that everyone else can be aware of what is happening on the ground because these are hidden you know, these things are, hid, are happening at uh, hidden spaces, you know, where journalists uh, cannot reach out and get information because they're based in what particular space. And also, we are trying to make sure that what the concerns of the communities are actually escalated or that, you know, uh, they're escalated or amplified uh, at the national level, even beyond inter- international, I mean, at the international level as well. Uh, it's very important for people to fight for their own rights. We recognize that. And it's very important for people to know and the government to take responsibilities and, the, and everyone else, you know, the stakeholders, including the companies, to discourage this violence, intimidation and killings of activists that are addressing issues that is pertaining their livelihood, pertaining their rights. Mm. Now, you know, um, Robbie, when you look at uh, some of the uh, decisions, in particular one decision that came out of the Constitutional Court around consent, 
uh, because I guess that's that that's the the bone of the debate around who has the power to say no uh, to some of the mining investments that are made in the communities of uh, some of these activists. And uh, uh, many people uh, found that that uh, particular judgment was a victory. But it seems that uh, many, uh, including the DMR and other mining companies, continue uh, to uh, see that as I guess a stumbling block to mining investment. Do you get a sense that on the back of that judgment that uh, we are unlikely to see uh, uh, the kind of harassment uh, threats and of course some of the murder that we've seen in the past look the judgment is a, a very it came at a very right time mm. let me say it actually it was long overdue uh, um, it, 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 because communities are facing this kind of, 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 of situations uh, whereby um, they are not having a say in the kind of development that are supposed to be happening in their communities mm. they are just being uh, consulted you know and and the question is what is being consulted you know so it, you don't have a say you don't have a, you don't consent but you consult and consultation can take any you know form and whatever that you say doesn't mean anything so we saw we recognize that you know this this judgment it came at the right time and it's very important uh, that at least people have a say and people at least they can actually participate in the type of development that is directed to their lives because when this development comes, especially in the rural areas, that's where people sort of are very much attached to their land and they make livelihood on the land, you know, they depend on agriculture, they have livestock, and, you know, so there's so much that is actually at stake when the development comes into place. Mm. So and when, they, when, 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 when uh, this kind of development comes into place, just to give you, for instance, there's a forceful relocation and, you know, uh, and graves are tempered with, and then water has been taken away from them. The land itself, which they live on, is taken away from them. So they find themselves in a, in a desperate position, whereby they cannot live the life that they used to live before. And while that change, that transition, it's not something they had a consent to, they had consented to. So that is unfortunate. But at least this judgment is actually coming up with a solution. But the downside of it is, it's a judgment. It's just mm, on paper. Yeah. You know, but now when it comes to application, do we apply it? How do we, how does it filter down to the community level? Mm. Where people can use it as a tool to say, I do have a right to consent, you know, to uh, whatever kind of a development that is coming my way. That's mm. a question that needs to be addressed. Let's talk just briefly here about, I guess, the, the role of law enforcement professionals and your assessment emerging from this report of how they've been able to respond uh, to uh, cases like this and uh, allegations uh, uh, against uh, certain people. And uh, we know, for instance, in the case of Pazua Khate Kolobeni, still no arrests yet uh, that have been made uh, after, of course, he was killed a few years ago. And uh, one wonders whether or not uh, the, the, there is a sense here that... Uh, uh, there should be cooperation with law enforcement authorities to ensure that some of these matters are brought to finality. Yeah, look, and uh, with the law enforcement, I mean, of course, they, they are sort of there to enforce the law, and law has to be abided by. We do agree, agree with it, but the law should not be applied in an arbitrary manner, not randomly, but it has to be applied in a proper way, and someone has to apply the mind when they apply the law to the fact or to the situation. So that's that's the problem. I think that's where the difficulties are. When we when it comes to protest, when it comes to anything that the activists in the mining community areas, whatever that is happening, or in the form of a protest, um, or you know whatever allegation of intimidation, the law enforcement agency or the the, the subs themselves, they are not 
listening or just they don't want to they don't assess sit and assess the situation whether or not they should be they should people should be arrested or people should be should be uh, uh, you know dispersed when there's a protest whether or not it's illegal and what are the issues that are being addressed yeah. here. So, because, so, know, so Robbie, the other, when, Robbie, the issue, maybe the question I'm asking is not in relation to uh, the policing of the protests themselves. It's actually in responding to instances where activists have been threatened, activists have been intimidated, harassed and murdered. Are you, are you happy with how law enforcement has responded? And uh, I cite the example of Bazura Khatebe because there have been extensive delays in bringing to book some of the people uh, who are either suspected of uh, be, having been involved in his murder. And it's a few years on now and still yet we have nothing. The way the police deal with those kind of situations, Ayanda, it leaves a lot to be desired. It, 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 it's appalling, unfortunately, I have to say that. Um, you know, when activists are actually being threatened and intimidated, those cases, most of them are not taken seriously. They're not even end anyway. You know, they don't, even, they don't get updated even those activists as to how the case ended, how did they throw out, mm. what happened. So they don't even make a follow-up. Of course, Bazooka is just, you know, a very serious kind of typical example that we can talk about. That, you know, up to so far, since 2016 in March, nothing, no one has been arrested when that someone has been killed. So you tend to wonder how, why? Mm. Where did we go? Where did it all go wrong? This is just a typical example of what is happening at the community level. Other people that are being killed, I mean, Bazooka's case is one of the reported cases. There are those cases which are not reported. Mm. You know, and that those cases where people are being, you know, intimidated or beaten up or assaulted and nothing has been done. So it's not, I think that the South African police services need to look and take this seriously sure. because it's actually a violation of people's rights. They're supposed to be protected. Mm. You know, I mean, the police officers, they have an obligation in terms of Chapter 11 of the Constitution that they need to serve and protect the public. So regardless of the color, regardless of the gender or whatever. So they have an obligation to protect them. Yeah. Last question on my end. Uh, as you look at the report, if you if you felt that there was one uh, recommendation that was key to the entire report or around which the report pivoted, uh, what recommendation would that be? Well, um, the, 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 of course, there are so many recommendations that we have here. But what, what we can actually mostly focus on is actually... Um, you know, the, the, the South African police services, they need to take these cases that are being, uh, uh, you know, um, taken up by the activists about intimidation and they need to take them seriously mm. because, you know, it, it actually talks about the lives of the people, not only the lives as in down, down now that, you, you know, about life and death, but it talks about the, the underlying issues at the bottom that people are complaining or they have issues that need to be addressed and they need to be listened to, and those issues need to be addressed mm. in a proper way. And whenever people complain, whenever people are protesting, they need to be treated fairly, to be listened to, and understand that these are just not criminals. These are people complaining and frustrated and not being listened to by anyone else. You don't just apply the law anyhow or do things in a, in a, in a, in a random manner. Otherwise, that's violation of their rights. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. Robbie, really appreciate that you could take time to speak to us this evening. Robbie Mukhalaka is a co-campaign manager at Groundwork and uh, also one of the research team members uh, that uh, put together this report titled We Know Our Lives Are In Danger. A report looking at uh, the environment of fear, intimidation, uh, threats and harassment of uh, activists in mining affected communities.